your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 368 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitin in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. Gotta let you know, today's episode is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And the NHL calendar is now flipped. It's officially the 21-22 season with free agent frenzy beginning today at noon Eastern. Will the Sens be active? Probably not, but there are a few defensive options on the trade market and maybe a center as well. But not only that, I'm going to ask Pilsy if he'd be comfortable the Sens going into next season with the same lineup that they finished 10-3-1 down the stretch. We've got all that plus Tyler Boucher continues to, well, what? make a name for himself. It seems like he did that on Friday, but this kid is a wrecking ball on the ice and he can score too. We'll recap his game yesterday at the World Junior Summer Showcase and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, July 28th, and Pilsy, we got a few spoilers already where some free agents may end up, but it's always a fun day on the hockey calendar. Yeah, it's about 28 days later than it usually is. Usually that's uh, Canada Day is free agent frenzy, but this is a different year, as we all know, so it's bumped back a bit, which is actually a good thing. I thought for all the TSN and Sportsnet guys who had to work on Canada Day, working the phones and on their laptop on a nice, beautiful, sunny day, that's got to suck. So it's a little farther back for them this time. But it is always good banter at the Canada Day barbecues and whatnot. Yep. I remember when Sergey Gonchar signed with Ottawa, everyone was fired up about that. But Ottawa typically isn't very active in the free agent period. Do you expect more likely outside of AHL depth signings, that sort of thing that they explore improving this roster through trades? Yeah, I think that could be an option just because look at all the movement that's going on in the NHL, even the last couple days unofficially, right? Like so many teams are trying to get rid of cap space. Teams are like, yeah, we'll take your cap space, but we want picks. There's contracts that need to be moved. All sorts of movement is going on in the NHL. This this might be the most dramatic offseason in recent memory, at least in the last decade. Maybe the Vegas expansion draft was close to it, but this has been an absolutely crazy, crazy offseason, and it hasn't even really started yet. Yeah, the Sens haven't made a single change to their roster outside of not qualifying Marcus Hogberg and a bunch of AHL depth pieces. No disrespect, Michael Matteo, who played a few games up with the National Hockey League team. What do you think the first sense move is or what should be number one on their agenda going into this period where every GM, all 32 of them, are trying to improve their roster? 
Well, I think it's got to be the center position, right? Like the Ottawa Senators, they still need some help up the middle. I'm confident in what Shane Pinto can do, but I think you need a little bit of a backup plan if things don't go well for him through the stretch or the start of the season. So I would like the Senators to acquire some sort of veteran center. Now there's a lot of decent free agent names out there. Mikel Granlin is a guy that I think could make sense in a short-term kind of idea there, but the thing is Shane Pinto can play that role, but it's a lot to put on a player right away. So if there was a way that they could ease that weight, that pressure of having to be the number two guy right away, I think that would help. And also that would alleviate a bit of the pressure from Josh Norris too. Like, sure. He had a great last season being the, the technically number one center for the Ottawa centers, but you don't want to see him run into problems too. And then he's got to shoulder all that weight and responsibility as well. So some guy that can be uh, in between gap between Pinto and Norris, I think is exactly what the Sens need to be looking for. And you see the development curve of Josh Norris and you got to think that would only benefit Shane Pinto. I think he's ready for an NHL job, but at that same token, would a year in Belleville make him even that much more ready to come in and produce when he does get a full-time opportunity down the road? Let's remember this guy is still only 21 years old and only really started playing competitive hockey when he was 15. So you couple those together, the package is there, the six foot three right shot frame, But there's also a few trade names that have been linked to Ottawa, and one of them being that sort of center with one year left on his contract, Ryan Strom out of the New York Rangers. Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet put out his final blog last night before the free agent frenzy, and the only mention of Ottawa was with Ryan Strom. Do you like that as a potential fit in that same vein of you talking about a buffer between Shane Pinto? I think Ryan Strom could provide that. Yeah. So like that kind of is the guy I'm talking about, but then you start looking how effective was Ryan Strom when he was with Artemi Panarin, arguably one of the best wingers in the league that definitely helps out your centerman. But you could also, if you want to spin zone that Tim Stutzla, isn't he a guy that's been compared to Panarin at times, right? So that makes sense. He's not quite there yet. Obviously, he's got a long way to go. He didn't get all those years in the KHL like Panarin did. So he's got some catching up to do. But maybe your idea is, well, Strom played so well with Panarin. Why not get him with a guy like Stutzla? Because Stutzla, they never really found the right guy for him. Yes, that Stutzla-Pinto-Brown line at the end of the season did well. But I'm not convinced that's that's the perfect fit, right? Like I think there is room for improvement there. And Ryan Strom is a guy that's kind of right in the ballpark for the Sens. He's not too expensive. I don't think it'd be crazy to acquire him. The only thing is, do we think a guy like Ryan Strom is going to come from the New York Rangers and extend a deal with the Ottawa Senators? Of that, I'm not too sure. So then you go and pay the price to get Ryan Strom and you only get him for one season or if things aren't going the Sens way, they flip him at the deadline. And and then I'm not really seeing the value adding up there. So I think with Strom, it all comes down to, can you get an extension attached to that? But do you want the extension attached? Because then you get into a situation where maybe down the road, that's a contract if it's three, four years that you're trying to move in the second half of it. We've already seen that maybe a little premature when it comes to Evgeny Dadanov's three-year contract. People already running him out of town. And I don't think we're in that camp. I think we're in the camp where I'd be happy to explore options if that's something that another team would like. Like, let's say Edmonton. They want scoring wingers. What if Ethan Bear became available? It sounds like he might be after they re-signed Tyson Berry. And it seems like our Lord and Savior, Cody Ceci, might be signing 
with the Edmonton Oilers. So if they're replacing the right side of their defense and adding a guy like CeCe, that's a guy who's going to play minutes. So is Ethan Bear all of a sudden expendable? And maybe you retain a little salary on Dadnov, and then that's a pretty – I don't know, even trade in my books. I think Ethan Bear's the guy who's just scratching the surface. So we kind of jumped from four to defense there. I want to go back to the centerman, though, and a couple other options that uh, have been bantied about, and one of them being Alexander Wenberg. What are your thoughts on him? Because he, he had a great start to his career. He went 20 points, then 40 points, then 59 points. But since then, he's hovered around 35, 25. But this past year, had 17 goals in 56 games with the Florida Panthers. So could he be that same type of guy? Only 26 years old as well. Yeah, Wenberg is very interesting. I'm not really sure how to get a read on this guy. Like you said, you read off his stats there. And he's one of those guys that usually gets like under 10 goals and then a bunch of assists. That's how his career started off. But then, like you said, last year, he had 17 goals, 12 assists with the Panthers. So I don't really know like what what kind of role he fits into. Now he's only 26, so that's you got a good age there. And then six foot one, 196 pounds, good size as well. So he's someone I would be interested in, but I'm more I like Ryan Strom a little bit more than Wenberg, to be honest. But with either one of these guys, if the Sens were to acquire them, you gotta get them you get them here and then extend them to a three, maybe four-year deal. You can't go past five because then I think the reload of this, the way they're rebuilding and all these young guys coming up, I think he's going to get leapfrogged. And then, like you said, before that contract, maybe something you're trying to ship out. So I think they just need to find a center that can help alleviate these young prospects into a playoff position and make sure that there's a backup if they need a little extra help and it's a little overwhelming for them to start off. A few other names, and I think these are more senator-type players than a guy like Wenberg, but maybe not skilled enough to play in the top six. Casey Sezikis with the New York Islanders, former Ottawa 67 as well. He's known as like one of the best fourth liners in the league. That line with Clutterbuck and Matt Martin just terrorize opponents. They start every game for Barry Trotz, but I think that he's ready to finally get his payday. And I don't know if Ottawa should be in on that. I think that you have an abundance of third-line centers right now, and I think that's what a guy like Sezikis tops out at. Same with Andrew Kopp from the Winnipeg Jets. He's coming off a career year himself, but I think that he would more so fit the bill as that big, powerful centerman, but with enough offensive touch to play in a top six, potentially. I just don't know if the fit would be there with Stutzla. I think he's going to need a guy who's you know, a little more give and go than Andrew Kopp. And maybe Kopp can create space for him on the forecheck, but I think in those in-tight plays, you need a guy like Ryan Strom. Again, a great example, a guy who can do these little in-tight give and go plays that create offensive opportunities. And if you can add a sniper on that line, sure, but the defensive responsibility of Connor Brown, I mean, hey, goal-scoring prowess in, in last year as well. I think that Ryan Strom's probably my favorite guy outside of, and going back to free agents, which is all those guys except for Ryan Strom, you'd have to give up an asset for David Krejci. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think all signs point to him returning to Boston, the only place where he spent his 13-year NHL career. He's won a Stanley Cup there. He's been their highest paid player over the past half decade. But boy, would he ever fit the bill. Eh? He plays with enough pace, can play make, can lead. He's a veteran. He wears an A on that team over guys like uh, Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand only wears an A when when Krejci's unavailable and whatnot. So I think that you put, or maybe got it after Chara left. But anyways, Krejci's been a part of that leadership group for a long time. I think he'd only benefit Ottawa. You got that 
connection from a long time ago, but former Gatineau Olympique, David Krejci. I don't know if that's enough to get him here, but boy, he would be absolute number one choice for me. Yeah, he's a great option, but I'm with you. I think he's going to resign in Boston, especially coming off the Taylor Hall extension. I think if you're a guy like Krejci and you you can see that you're going to be playing with Taylor Hall to finish out your career, that's pretty sweet. So definitely I think he's going to want to stay at Bruin, probably at a price cut too. I'm sure he'll take a hometown discount to stay in Boston. So unfortunately that option probably isn't too strong, but I, I'm with you. You talked about some of those bottom six guys like Sezikis, uh, uh, cop, but really we're trying to find a match for Tim Stutzla. I think that's the most important thing here is like Tim Stutzla is a third overall pick. You don't get those very often. Like he can be a franchise changing guy. So just like they did with Brady Kachuk, you got to try to appease to him and make things work for him. You need to look at what are the biggest pieces on my team and how can we make them be successful? So as a team, we can be successful. You have to compliment your top guys. So they need to find someone that can really help Tim Stutzla create offense. And I think someone like Ryan Strom, Mikel Granlin, David Krejci, one of those guys could be a good fit. Yeah, not guys like Adam Henrique. And with Nazem Kadri, I just wouldn't trade with Joe Sackick. That guy hasn't lost a Honestly. trade. He became a GM. So just hang up the phone, leave him be, especially like he's not actively looking to move Nazem Kadri. If the right deal came up, he would. And that right deal screams one-sided trade in the long term. So I would be very scared to call Joe Sackick. Meanwhile, Adam Henrique, we know he had a great chemistry at the World Championships between Nick Paul and Connor Brown, but neither of those names I just said was Tim Stutzla. The, the goal this summer needs to be to find a center to play with Tim Stutzla, or if you want to continue on the long path to a rebuild, leave Shane Pinto there, and let's just call it a day and maybe focus on right defense. Yeah, and I like the Adam Henrique idea too, especially because the rumor is that the Ducks would be willing to retain some salary. That that screams Ottawa Senators trade. Three bait. years left, though. Yeah, yeah. So that can be tough. But the thing is, you've you've got guys that can fulfill his role, or you'd hope. Like I would rather take a chance on Colin White being able to do things that Adam Henrique can do than bring Adam Henrique in and then cast Colin White aside at this point. You know what I mean? Like I think you're hoping that Colin White can be a two-way centerman, which Adam Henrique is. And then you've got that position filled. So you don't need Adam Henrique in that uh, in that instance. But I do like the player, but he's not the guy. Like, that's the thing. There's so many guys that I do like and could work, but you're, I'm not pushing all my chips in to acquire him. Like, there's certain guys that are going to make certain fits that are going to help certain players, and that's when you go for it. That's when you make the big push. Well, we'll find out and follow us on Twitter at Send Central for up-to-the-minute analysis and breaking news, all that great stuff on Instagram as well, LockedOn.Senators. If you missed yesterday's episode with Brian Boucher, make sure you go back and listen to that. It's an all-time interview, one of the best analysts in the game. We called them the American Noodles, like Jamie McLennan. They're both former goalies, long NHL careers, connections all over the National Hockey League, and great, great storytellers. So make sure to go back and listen to Brian Boucher. Guess where Brian went right after he talked to us, though? He was back at the rink watching his son, Tyler. We'll finish off today's show with a recap of yesterday's World Junior Summer Showcase. But after this break, we'll get in to the defensive options that could be available for Ottawa in this free agent season. But this episode is brought to you by The Green Room. Now, Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk to us, other fans, 
athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Now, the Spotify Green Room is the perfect place to start or join ongoing conversations about the league that you're most passionate about. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. You can be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any league group that gets your interest. Can't wait to hear how you like talking about the Spotify Green Room. It's changing the way we talk sports. And guys, why not start off your free agent frenzy day right? You're going to need to power up to stay up through all these notifications, through all the breaking news, through all the signings, all the trades. And the best way to do that is with a Built Bar Protein Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have so many amazing flavors. You got to try them all. Get the mix box on their website because... All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. So no matter what flavor you pick, you chocolate lovers are going to get the chocolate that you want. It's soft. It's easy to chew. The texture is probably my favorite part about Built Bars. And Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Let's take a look at some of the options here. Guys, yesterday... It was in between breakfast and lunch. I was trying to decide what I was going to eat. I was a little hungry. So something to get me through that was a Built Bar. And one of my favorite flavors, Cookies and Cream Built Bar. This is one of the best in their entire catalog, I would say. You got 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. That amazing cookies and cream taste that we all love in ice cream and candy bars. But this time it's in a protein bar. It's in a built bar. Now, maybe you're saying, all right, I'd be down to try that cookies and cream protein bar, but how do you do it? Go to builtbar.com and you know we're going to hook you guys up with the promo code here at Locked On Centers Podcast. You loyal listeners, you've earned it. So at builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy, we're even closer now, just a smidge, but we're closer to the free agent frenzy. We're recording at 9.30 a.m. here on Wednesday, July 28th. And when it comes to defensemen, I think all Sens fans are looking at that right side. They're seeing Zub and Zaitsev and not much else. Like, is JBD ready? We just talked about Shane Pinto. I think it's less likely that JBD is ready for a full-time NHL role. I want to see him playing 22 to 24 minutes down in Belleville with a veteran left-shot partner. So I think that it's crucial that Belleville adds a left-shot defenseman after losing Hubert Labrie, who did a wonderful job in that role the past two years. But when it comes to the NHL roster... Are you sold on the left side being Shabbat, Branstrom? That's nice. But Mete on the third pair. Can a team succeed with two defensemen on the left side that are under five foot ten? It's definitely tough. And it's tough when you're a coach like DJ Smith that doesn't build his lineup to have two defensemen under five foot ten on it. I think he would honestly tell you that himself. And I think it can work with Mete, but 
that's going to be a short-term plan. You, we know Brandstrom's the guy that's going to be sticking around long-term here. So I, I don't I don't want them really locking in Mete and then having Mete and Brandstrom both being in this decor. I, I, it's just not going to work, I don't think. So I, I'd be happy if they just signed Mete to a cheap one-year deal just to keep him going then maybe move him at the deadline. But for me, it's that right side that needs some looking after. Okay, well, there are options, and on the trade market, Ryan Rashog actually just tweeting this out, that even though Tyson Berry, it's not official, all signs are pointing that, oh, and now Kevin Weeks is saying he's closing in on a three-year contract. So we did talk about Ethan Bear, and not only does Ryan Rashog mention that they need a top-nine winger, but also a top-nine center. So potentially Chris Tierney, maybe he's kind of the the missing piece in all this. Like what's going to happen with Chris Tierney and Logan Brown up the middle for this Ottawa Senators team? I have absolutely no idea, and I'm very interested to find out. But the reason I brought up left defenseman is that in the Ottawa Sun recently, they brought up a name I hadn't heard of, but I don't hate it. At least I don't think I do. But how about Alex Goligoski on a short contract maybe as a guy who if you're not sold on Mete he could be the type of player that replaces him on the third pair well right off the bat Goligoski has had a really great career like him in Dallas and Phoenix we should mention too in Phoenix he played a lot on the right side so this could be a situation where you have a lefty on the right side but we know that DJ Smith doesn't love doing that him and Jalmerson played 110 minutes together while he was on the right side and they didn't allow a single goal against. Yeah, like those two are some elite defenders. And the thing with uh, DJ Smith's preference is he did say that he's okay switching defensemen if it's the type of guy that's less skilled and puck moving, whereas right. he's more a defensive-minded guy. So in that sense, I think Goligoski could fit the bill to play either the left or the right side, which is great versatility. And this decor could use a little veteran experience. And they tried to go that route with Goodbranson and Coburn last year. Did not exactly work out. So part no, of sir. me would have a little bit of the same fears with Goligoski. It seems like a similar situation where you're banking on a guy getting back to where he used to be, or you're banking on his veteran experience being a big help. I think Goligoski maybe is a little bit a little bit ahead of Coburn and Goodbranson and can still play. So I'm less worried about that in that instinct, but it does concern me a little bit that this move would have shades of last off season all over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's stick with uh, Phoenix then a little bit younger. I mean, still 31 years old, man, 88 birthdays aren't what they used to be, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jason Demers also is not going to be, uh, brought back to the Arizona Coyotes. And he, again, you're looking at connections, former Ottawa 67. He's more of kind of your steady stay-at-home presence earlier in his career, maybe a little bit more of an offensive pop to him. But I wonder if that's a name that Ottawa could circle as a right-shot defenseman who could help out on a short-term contract. Yeah, that's another possibility. The only thing with me on the right side is you've got Zub and Zaitsev already. So you've got guys that are more shut down focus. I mean, Zuba, I would say is more of a two-way guy than Zaitsev is. Although, hey, Zaitsev scored some goals at the end of the season. Can't forget <laughs> that. But for the right side, I would like to see someone who's more two-way, but leaning a little bit more towards being able to move the puck. Because I don't want to get into a situation where it's 
the left side of Ottawa's D is all smaller puck moving guys. And then the right side is all bigger shutdown guys, because then teams can easily play. They can strategize against that and you know, which corner to dump it in and you know, which corner to block the breakout. And it just becomes too easy to plan against. So for me, I would, we talked about Ethan bear as being a possibility. I would like to see a guy like Ethan bear who maybe you wouldn't classify him as a full out offensive defenseman, but he can handle the puck and he can put up some points and he's a younger guy. So for me, that's the type of player you're looking for. If you're looking for a second or third pair, right shot defenseman, if you're looking for Shabbat's partner, then I think you go for much more defensively focused, but a guy like Ethan bear would be playing on the second or third pair. I would assume. So he would fit that bill a little bit better in my eyes. Yeah, I think that Demare is a little bit maybe over the hill and not to discredit him. I think he will get another NHL contract, but uh, he hasn't scored a goal since 2018-19. So uh, at least 91 games. And I haven't looked at the game log just when he scored his, his one goal. And that's not the be-all end-all for defenseman, but um, 88 turns out if you're born then, you're 33 years old. So um, I think, yeah, if they could go for a little bit younger of an option would be good. A guy who I've got circled here, if they are going – the free agent route. <laughs> I almost said Dougie Hamilton just for fun. I mean, that's yeah, obviously yep. the crown jewel of this entire free agent class, but he is going to be paid like that. And I believe New Jersey has the inside track on getting Dougie Hamilton. So we'll keep that pipe dream maybe buried away a little bit. It's the RFAs that I'm looking at. And especially you look at the Winnipeg Jets. They just added two defensemen in the last pair of days, Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon. Those guys are playing in their top four. So what does that mean for right shot defenseman Neil Pionk, who I think is a pretty solid option there if you can get him at the right price. He's 26 years old. He has offensive upside. Hell, he was like the main piece for a Jacob Truba trade right before Truba extended for what, $8 million? So clearly he has value around the league. I just wonder how much it's dipped with a couple good, not great years in Winnipeg. But if you're looking for a guy who's, who's a little bit younger, then that could be a great fit. And one that keeps coming back, but he's a left shot guy. But again, if you want to shake up how this defense operates, Nikita Zadorov, they're trying to move him out of Chicago. He is a mean, physical defenseman. And I think could pair really well with Artem Zub. Now, before you tell me, yes, the Branstrup spot is in pen next to Artem Zub, I would agree. But you got to see. I think Artem Zub has a little more offensive upside than maybe he's been able to show because he's often just deferred. First it was with Mike Riley, and then it was with Eric Branstrom. It's just the quick, easy pass. I would like to see him get an opportunity to be the main puck carrier on his deep pair and see what he can do with that. So Zadorov, you get the, you know, uh, Zub maybe not the best in English. Uh, so if you get a, a country mate with him and he can speak in Russian on the ice, that sort of thing, I think that could only help him further his development and you look at say what you want about this next point but the Ottawa Senators had what four Russians last year and now they're down to just Adnov and if he is a part of the team going forward so I think that could be a tough culture shock for for Zub just having all these guys who he can speak the same language with disappear so from that standpoint and on the ice as well I think Zadorov could be a decent fit he's an RFA but I don't think it would cost much to get him well, Zub still has his comrade in Zaitsev as well. So oh, there, there's yeah. another How Russian there. Wow. Yeah, but I, I do get what you're saying. And Zadorov is a guy, I, I like his game a lot. Like he's 
I like mean. I just remember he's so mean. Like I remember all those clips of him and PK Subban, I think yep. it was, just jarring at each other, just telling each other, you suck. No, you suck. <laughs> just having a back and forth battle. But uh, going back to you talk about Neil Pionk. I think Neil Pionk is a, is a really good player. So I'm just interested to see how much of a salary jump he's going to have. I think he's going to get a big contract for a right shot puck moving defenseman. So I don't know how that would work. He had 32 points in 54 games. He's a big part of that Winnipeg uh, wow. decor. That's so, a bit more than I thought he had. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's been under the radar. I think a lot of people don't realize how effective he's been. So when Winnipeg added those two defensemen, I do think they are upgrades. But then Samu Niku, or what Sammy Niku, rather. He, he is a guy who really just hasn't gotten his opportunity yep. to show in the NHL. There's Vili Hainola. I mean, he's a 2019 pick, so there's still some time. I believe he was the pick right after Lassie Thompson, but they seem like they're a little congested on the back end right now. And I think Ottawa should be calling them and saying, hey, like, which guy are you looking to move out? Because you only have six spots, seven or eight, if you're keeping a couple of guys scratched. But at that same token, I think, Ottawa could pry a defenseman out of Winnipeg this offseason, and maybe it's Dylan DeMello. Like, yep. is that a, a potential reunion? You heard him on Wallium of Thought. This guy loved his time in Ottawa. Would he be interested in coming back, and would Winnipeg be willing to move that contract? There's so much to get to, Pilsy, and all I know is that Ottawa can't stand Pat this summer. My, I teased it off the top. Would you be comfortable if the opening day lineup was the same as how they ended last season? I, I've said it a couple times. I would be comfortable just because this isn't the Sens year quite just yet. I We talked about that big run they had at the end of the year. Let's see what this team can do. Let's see what these young guys can do in a longer stretch, a bigger sample size, a regular NHL season. Let's not forget that last year was a weird one. So get back to some normalcy, 82 games, back to the Atlantic division, back to not playing series up against other teams, see how they've improved see where they need help, see how they do. And then next off season is when you've got a full season of evaluation and you can really make the right moves. I don't think they need to make a big move or, or a long-term move this year, maybe a couple short-term moves and you see how they work like the Ryan Strom thing, maybe make that move, see how it works. Either it doesn't work. You trade him at the deadline or you extend them and you've got your piece moving forward now. So just to recap, this is the lines in the last game of the regular season. It was Norris between Kachuk and Batherson, Pinto between Stutzla and Connor Brown, Colin White between Nick Paul and Evgeny Dadanov, and the fourth line, well, they had Logan Brown there for the last game of the season, but you got to think contract-wise, it's probably Chris Tierney's job to lose unless he's moved between Alex Formanton and Austin Watson. I mean, he missed the end of the season, but I basically replaced Ryan Dezingle, who we do not expect to be back. On defense, it was Shabbat Zaitsev, Brandstrom Zub, and Mete, and and Josh Brown. With Gustafson in net, you got to think that that's going to be Matt Murray, but at the same time, um, that's not the end of the world if that's what they end up at. However, an upgrade to Josh Brown or in that center position would be huge going in with a little more confidence and swagger. It's almost that type of thing. It's like, yeah, they did well, but then you want to reward the players if you're management and give them another piece and say, all right, now you're ready to take the next step. Let me add this for you. 
Yeah, and I think that is going to be the idea, but I don't know if now's the time, especially because, man, this Atlantic division, uh, I would argue, is probably going to be the most difficult division in the entire league, right? So if, if you don't think you can be one of the top four teams in this division just quite yet, then I think you wait wait it out a little. Like, I think you got to wait a bit because also you're looking, there's two performers that I think could maybe not make or break, but would have a big impact. If you get a bounce back season from Matt Murray, that's going to solve a lot of the problems that the defense had been having. Then if you get a better, improved, proper season from Dadnov, that's going to cover up a lot of the scoring woes, and that's going to help the centermen not have to do as much or take a little pressure off them. So if you can get big performances from those two guys, I think that can be a huge impact. And this is on a much more minor level. These are all kind of the off-season deals, but a full season of Austin Watson, I think, can help out a lot too. That's a guy that plays physical. He blocks shots. He's someone that the guys love having in the room. So I think if you can get good full seasons from those three players – that might replace a new player coming in. Now I'm not saying it's going to do the same, but that could help you, you know, kind of justify not making a big splash in free agency. So a couple other names we haven't mentioned, and these would be big splashes in free agency. If they were able to convince David Savard to come a guy who's coming off a Stanley cup championship. I think if you're looking for a Shabbat partner, David Savard's your number one call. And isn't that a, a nice little sales pitch? Like this guy just finished playing number six minutes. He was never, the top pair in Columbus behind Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, you can say, hey, not only can you come into a bilingual city where you can walk around and speak your native language, but you're also going to have one of the best French defensemen in the National Hockey League, and we see you as his partner. Just look at the history in Ottawa. Look how a guy like Mark Mathod is just beloved in the city for playing a simple game alongside Eric Carlson. That could be you as long as you just do your job and allow Thomas Shabbat to run wild. Yeah, I mean, that's a good sales pitch, and I would love Savard too, but I think I've heard rumors that Montreal is in heavily on Savard, and they would probably have a little bit more of the French pull connection uh, leverage there than Ottawa might. So, And they can say, hey, you, you won the Stanley Cup final last year. We were at that same final with you. We think adding you as another piece along with Weidman, and it's rumored. <laughs> surprise, so, so he, surprise, surprise. Shea Weber then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But surprise, surprise, it's rumored that Montreal did take a look at D'Angelo. I think it's leaning more towards D'Angelo going to Carolina, but they're obviously trying to make some big moves on their decor. And I think getting David Savard there would be a big move for them. So I'd love to have him in Ottawa, but I don't see that being his top destination, unfortunately. Yanni Hackenpah, another big, burly, right shot defensive, maybe. But since we're on Montreal, last name, and then we'll move on to Tyler Boucher and his unreal performance yesterday. Philip Deneau as a centerman. Would you be interested in what he's going to command on the open market? I said it last uh, year. Philip Deneau was a guy I was targeting because his faceoff numbers are very good. He's probably, arguably, the best shutdown center in the league. But then you start looking at uh, the goal totals in the offense. It's pretty much dry. Like there's not a lot going on there. So he's someone that's going to be, he's not going to play top six for you really. And if he is, he's not going to be helping out a Tim Stutzla and everyone exactly. saw, everyone saw what he could do in this playoff run. 
that guy's going to get paid so much money for shutting down some of these top centers that he had to go up against. So for me, I don't think it makes sense for the Sens anymore, but he is a guy that I did. Uh, I'm intrigued by that. And then you, you mentioned um, Yanni Hakenpa there. Yeah. And I, lo- I love the idea. He was third in the, in the league and hits only behind Radko Gudis and Brady Kachuk. Shocker. But my same argument is, if you go ahead and do that, then you've solidified that the right side is big shutdown defenseman yeah, and the fair. left side is small puck moving guys. So that doesn't really help you out there, in my opinion. You know what can help you out when you're trying to make a few extra bucks? Maybe not in free agency, but in life. And that's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the number one sports book, the only one we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and for good reason, too. Not only are they the best lines, the best action that they can get, but also they're hooking you up with a 50% welcome bonus. So how could you not dip your toe into betonline.ag? Here, I'll read through how we can get you that 50% welcome bonus. When you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag, you can use our promo code Locked On. That's all you have to put in. There's a special segment for it when you're making your first deposit, and it says promo code, and you put locked on just like that easy and 50% of what you deposit will automatically be added to your account at bet online. So if you put in $200, that's a hundred free play dollars right there for you. And if you put in a hundred dollars, then you get $50. It's that easy. How could you not? It's the best way to stay in the action. We don't want any of you guys on the sidelines, get into the action. And when you sign up at bet online, don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. All right, Pilsy, the World Junior Summer Showcase is well underway in Plymouth, Michigan. And, well, it was almost a scary moment on the first shift of Tyler Boucher's game yesterday. He went barreling through two defenders, showed great explosiveness, but then ran over the Finnish goalie, and I went, no, not Levi, but turned out Marilinen was scratched for that game, coming off of his one goal against victory the day before, but that was just a microcosm of Tyler Boucher's game. This guy was all over the ice. Yeah, and and we got to see a bunch of what Boucher can do, and the thing that uh, I was talking about indirect things that come from being a physical kind of menace player out there, how about drawing all those penalties? Like, Guys literally cannot contain Tyler Boucher without going outside of the rule book and getting penalized for it. So there's yet another example of something that maybe statistically doesn't always show up, but he's playing so hard and with so much pace that defenders don't know what to do with him. So they have to take a penalty just to try to contain him. And even when they're doing that, He's still getting through. He had a beauty goal. What a setup there too. And the release right in the slot. That thing was in the back of the net before the goalie could even move. Well, what I loved most about it was the net front battle, which we know he's always engaged in the offensive zone. But then he knew the perfect time to bump off his check, create space for himself in a tight situation, and then get the puck off his stick in a hurry. So to me, that not only showed good shooting ability, but elite hockey IQ. Like that, the way he timed that was so perfect and give credit to Scott Morrow and a guy who we were really high on in our draft rankings. He's been unreal, by the way, these two games for Team USA, but the the poise of, of Tyler Boucher to do that. And then he still threw like four guys into the boards uh, uh, 
And this guy, he doesn't hit to just hit. We've said it again, but it, it's worth repeating that this guy tries to hit people through the boards. And I, I, I say he does it at some point in his career. Like the way this guy, he, he's, he plays with so much pace, too. That's something that I think was undersold to us pre-draft. And when we did our rankings, we said skating might be an issue. Skating's not an issue for this guy. This guy can get up and down the ice. I don't know if maybe they saw him right after he had his knee surgery because that could slow anybody down. And he had COVID. I mean, that affects your lungs. So maybe those are, are some reasons why his skating wasn't at his best last year. But outside of Chaz Lucius and say what you want, Ottawa passed on him. And everyone thought that that's where they were going when they said from the U.S. national team. But outside of Chaz Lucius and maybe Scott Morrow, Tyler Boucher has been the best player on the ice for his team, Team USA Blue. Meanwhile, Jake Sanderson, like I feel like talking about him, it's almost like ho-hum because you just expect brilliance from him. He leads this entire showcase in shots on goal. He's got 10 shots in two games. He's a complete animal out there, breaks up every single rush against him. And there was one play where Fabian Lysel, he actually had a stick in his hand this time uh, for a change, but he went inside out on Luke Hughes and my first thought was, yeah, he knew which side of the ice Jake Sanderson was, and he stayed away from it. So that's just the type of presence that Jake Sanderson has. He's got one assist right now. By the way, Boucher had an assist as well. So he's up to two points in two games. He's got eight shots on goal, bunch of hits as well. And as you mentioned, drew two penalties, but one of them being a double minor for high sticking. So I'd say this is a, a pretty good start to Tyler Boucher's time as a member of the Sens organization. Meanwhile, the K train just chilling. He's just breaking up odd man rushes, just hanging out. Um, so nothing really noteworthy about his game, but I will say the game ended seven, six Finland won or us won in a shootout. And of the six goals against Tyler Clevin was not on the ice for any of them. So I think that's probably a good sign too, pills. Yeah. I mean, that's a great roundup of what Sens prospects are doing in the summer showcase. And I'm excited that Tyler Boucher came out of the gate flying because it, it let's be honest, it would have been tough if his first couple games oh, we yeah. saw him were a little bit sluggish, but that's not the kind of guy Tyler is. He plays with pace. He plays hard. And we got to see that right off the bat. And it, it makes me more excited every day to know that this guy is going to be part of the Ottawa Senators system. And this World Juniors is going to be awesome. It's going to be weird having uh, so much so much uh, to follow with the U.S. team and being happy if they succeed. But we we love these guys. They're good guys. So if oh, they yeah. succeed, uh, I'll be okay being happy for the red, white, and blue. I'm excited for World Juniors as well, but also in the immediate future, free agent frenzy, Pilsy. Before we go, give me one name that you believe, not, not hope or not think, but believe will be an Ottawa senator in the next week or so. Whew, that's tough. Um yeah, I, I really could see them doing a Goligoski thing. I could see that happening just because it, it's it's low risk. It's a veteran guy who had good defensive numbers that I, I think DJ Smith would like. So I'll, I'll say realistically, Alex Goligoski is a guy I could see joining this team. So funny because my name's also a left shot defensive. And I'm going to say Nikita Zadorov. I think that fits the MO nice, of what yeah. this team is trying to build. Another name that was thrown out on Twitter. Uh, Paul threw it out. I, I don't have his handle up right now, but great follow on Twitter after well, next time you're talking, I'll find it as well. But uh, Michael Delzato could potentially be a fit. I think people underestimate how, how old he is because he entered the league as a 19 year old. He's only 30 but I don't know if I'm putting my chips in on him. Maybe as like a guy who's going to be in and out of the lineup, but he actually had pretty good numbers 
last year in Columbus. So uh, just another name to keep our eye on. But my official prediction is Nikita Zadorov, and I would actually be pretty stoked about that too. I mean, it'd be fun to watch him, that's for sure. Like, I love watching that guy play. So uh, with Delzato, I'm not really sold on that. And I don't I don't know if this is still the situation, but I know he's had a bit of off-ice stuff going on, and I don't know if that's the kind of guy you want to inject into this Ottawa Senators locker room culture. So I would probably steer clear of that for a bit. It's Paul GB underscore. So he's the guy who had the tip on Michael Delzato. We'll see what happens. Like we said, follow us on Twitter at Send Central. We'll be up to the minute on breaking news. If anything happens with the Sends, expect a video from Locked On Now. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>